This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Yes, indeed it is. You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley. It's awesome to be here with you today on the BetQL Network, where every game's Game 7. No hot take BS on this show. We bring you the bets. We bring you the sports. Coming to you live today from the usual spots, the Odyssey app, the BetQL app. We'll be simulcast by our friends at Stadium from 4 to 6 Eastern, YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, Twitch.tv backslash BetQL, and heard on radio stations nationwide, including Sirius Channel 160 and XM 205. As Ken and I bring you the wagertainment, we're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, the great people at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com and do so on this M3. We got three words that all start with the letter M and also uh, Monday Night Football doubleheader, Monday Football doubleheader, Magnificent Football Monday with two games being played, wild card rounds in the National Football League. We absolutely love it. January 15th, 2024. The show on Twitter at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram at the Costos and Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper. He's on X at Lockie Lockerson. And on this magnificent football Monday, four phenomenal guests are coming your way. Our good friend Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, our friend Will Brinson from CBS Sports, and our friend Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports, all breaking down the games today and obviously divisional weekend in the National Football League. We'll get into a little Australian Open with our pal Drew Dinsick as well. And then... I've had an American Express card for like 20 years. We got the Amex coming up this weekend on the PGA Tour, and our friend Jason Sobel will join us from SiriusXM PGA Tour Radio in the Power Hour, giving us golf bets for the weekend. Plus, did I mention we got an NFL playoff game that'll be uh, kicking off during the show? 4.30 p.m. Eastern from snowy western New York. The Bills and the Steelers, 40 minutes from now at 3.40 p.m. Eastern, we will give you best bets, side total, and props for the Bills and the Steelers coming up at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then, you know, we'll be sweating the game throughout the show, which is going to be, I mean, I hope... I, the idea of it is awesome. Hopefully the bets are doing well, and we'll be really happy during the show today. But we'll be live sweating the Bills and the Steelers during the show. Of course, we will recap what we saw yesterday in the NFL postseason as the Packers embarrass the Cowboys in Dallas. Now we just await, like, hey, well, when's Mike McCarthy getting fired? Bill Belichick going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? We tried to tell you last week that that could happen. And the Lions squeaking by the Rams in by far the best game of the weekend. And we'll spin it forward, obviously, towards next week. We have a side in 
total market at BetMGM for the Niners and Packers. We know that that game will take place coming up next Saturday, and we know the Lions will host the winner of tonight's game in Tampa between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. Projected point spreads and thoughts on either of Detroit's matchups, and of course, we'll continue to talk the AFC playoff picture as the Buffalo game goes on at home against Pittsburgh. Power Hour, final hour of the show. Bets for today in the NBA. Bets for today in the National Hockey League, and then side total and props. Monday Night Football to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend between the Bucks and the Eagles in Tampa. We're locked and loaded. Magnificent Football Monday following Super Wild Card Weekend. I guess Super Wild Card Saturday and Sunday. We've got two games still coming up today. Uh, today, Ken, to wrap it all up. My friend, how's it yep. going? Uh, yeah, going great. Uh, a ton of sports going on like during the show. Uh, NBA is already going on right now. And a lot of games will be going on during the show in that sport. A ton of hockey started way before we went on the air. And uh, so we actually have some games finishing up in the next like 30 to 60 minutes in the NHL, which is great, too. And there's a couple things that have happened that I think are, are notable and worth talking about, which we don't have to do in the first segment, but but need to talk about probably at some point during the show. And then uh, just to add on to what you're saying, um, not only do we know the side and total market for like you know, that open everywhere, every single sports book you go to, you can bet Niners Packers already like that set um, multiple domestic sports books. We have a side and a total and a money line market for every single possible permutation that can happen. So we, we, we know what it is like. We got it. We know what the numbers are, no matter what. No, no guessing anymore. Um, I think a couple of the openers will be a little different than number. I actually made a bet into this market, which we can talk about at some point. Um, and it won't. Well, I don't know if it's changed in the last couple hours, but the it it's uh it won't be affected by the bills game so like we can do it at any point during the show and i think it'll be fine just what we think all these matchups can potentially be lined as and do we think the opener is going to match the look ahead or do we think something is being kind of uh missed in terms of how this market is being formed so far and then when all the money gets into it it'll look a lot different so i think that'll be really fun too i think it's even more fun that we have the look aheads this time to just kind of like base some of our decisions off of because that's what's that's what we're gonna have like tonight after eagles bucks ends like we kind of know the markets we're gonna have for every game which is great well i can tell you i just uh i looked at a domestic sports book that has this up right now and uh I think there's at least one that I'm seeing here and saying, eh, I don't, I don't know about this one. I don't know about, I don't know about a side here. Um, at least one bet, maybe even two that I'd like to make based on, and actually it's both, both Lions matchups potentially. Uh, but we'll talk about that as we move along, whether it's the Lions and the Eagles or the Lions and the, uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so we'll, we'll get to everything that happens in the world of sports outside of the National Football League as we move along. Can't wait to hear, Ken, your thoughts on hockey, your thoughts on the NBA. I got a couple bets in both those sports coming up for tonight's games that I love both of them by the way also i've got an nba prop tonight it's gonna knock okay. your socks off my man it's gonna absolutely wow. knock your socks off in the uh, pacers socks game are pretty tight uh, i don't know man, your socks for christmas yep, got some uh, got some what did i get some uh was it bombas they're like the socks I, where you, when you buy a pair they give them to yes. other people that's like the charity yes, thing have, or whatever yeah. i have a bunch of pairs of bombas bombas are great yeah they're really they're really nice they're, nice they're awesome too yeah, it's got some good got some good 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 cushion good fuzz it needs to be like a sort of like diamonds where it's like uh like the four c's or it's a cut clarity all that stuff color there needs to be like socks need to be treated with this level of uh sophistication and this level of analysis because i do feel like a good pair of socks like very hard to find and there's a lot of misfit pairs of socks out there that don't work so well and i had to i chucked a bunch in the last couple months and uh i think we found some pairs that i got whatever the whatever the diamond engagement ring of socks is i feel like i found it here which is great i feel like i would like to not pay like thirty thousand dollars though for a pair of socks or in those yeah, amounts. yeah that'd be really nice yeah i'm sure everybody out there it's like well i could i could just get some bombas or i could spend six months salary 
on a on a tiny gem, you know, a diamond. <laughs> what what I gotta tell you what what a scam that entire thing is. Like I and I said this leading up to oh, my scam's wedding. Scam is the right word. Like what do you mean a scam? That's... What do you mean scam? I I feel like it's like perpetuated on the American public that this is something you must do and it's become ingrained oh, sure. in culture. And now and how like how much money you have to spend? I, oh yeah, it's like well you get married. Oh so what what I have to do to get married? Just like oh I really love this person. I'd like to spend the rest of my life with you. Well also you, you must spend an exorbitant amount of money on this diamond, yes. like in order in order to to prove that you actually want to be with this person. It actually like you actually have to pay in order. The whole thing is that like like my love like the Jennifer Lopez song, my love don't cost a thing. Actually J Lo, right. it oh. does. And in her instance, it's like yeah. six times over. But actually like it does actually cost a lot. If it didn't cost anything, then you wouldn't have to do that. You could just you know, get a ring out of a cracker jackbox and give it to you uh, to the person you love but now like that, that's not how that's not how it works here in the united states of america and i guess i guess the the bad news too is it's like because i'm sure somebody uh, people who who own a lot of jewelry or their your wife owns a lot of jewelry your spouse owns a lot of jewelry are probably like well no i mean like you buy it but like it has value like you could like you can trade like jewelry like gold like precious metals these are things that are still value even after you pay for them it's not like not like a car where you you buy it and then it's immediately worth like 25 percent of what you paid for it which cars are like the biggest scam going speaking of scams and i brought it by jewelry with all that money and but the, the thing is is like you're also never gonna see that because if it's getting traded in <laughs> it probably means something went wrong and guess who gets the ring Guess who gets to trade that thing in? So it's uh, it's like a safety net too, if you want to think about it that way. But again, no money coming back to you in that situation. So it's either you spend it and it sits on the finger, you spend it and she gets the money eventually. That's that's kind of all of this. It's kind of like a lost bet. Like you make a bet and it loses, and you never get the money back. Like uh, like Dallas minus seven yesterday, which was, <laughs> which was, which was, which well, was the, over the immediately. Or, or, oh, yeah. or, or, or Dallas teaser legs. Well, I mean, yeah. like we we can talk about the result and spin it forward to Green Bay next week. Sure. Listen, I'm not like, I I think I even I even said it on the show last week, on, and I, I said it on the show yesterday on Countdown to Kickoff. Like I I liked Dallas minus seven. It was not like my favorite sure. bet. The Rams was my favorite bet of the week. It happened to win, which was really great. That was my favorite bet. I liked Dallas, and if you had told me before the game like Dallas isn't going to cover, would I have batted an eyelash? Like, not really. I, I wouldn't have been surprised that if Green Bay had covered the spread, lost by three, lost by four. If you had told me, hey, like, Green Bay is actually going to win the game, I would have been—actually, I probably would have been pretty surprised by that. I felt like Dallas is probably very likely to at least win the game, but I don't know if I would have been totally floored that Dallas would have lost, given the pedigree or lack of pedigree of this team and the head coach, Mike McCarthy— but the way it went down, I mean, even if, like, you felt, you, the person watching or listening, even if you felt like the Packers were a lot more likely to win the game, Ken, than the betting market indicated, I don't know if anyone could have expected the game to play out the way that it did, with Green Bay absolutely beating the stuffing out of them. And the final score, like, Packers win the game by 16, 48-32, a way flattering, a way flattering scoreline to the Dallas Cowboys. This was more like 48-14 than 48-32, just a an absolute right. ass kicking and I got I, I it's one of the most shocking playoff results I can remember in quite some time it's definitely yeah like the you're right about the final score and it's yeah I mean in the second quarter like basically like the Cowboys score right before halftime and then once they once they have to settle for a field goal to start the third and then the Packers score again the game is over. yeah the game is immediately yep. over at that point and so I mean yeah left you with like an hour I didn't even watch the last like 10 minutes of the game uh just like I, what's the point honestly but uh I, I really like the over in the game and that's great also like this it's one of those hilarious things where 
usually like you're here's here's how it usually works if you if you do content when you really like something and then it wins you go like told you like it, it had to be my way like it only could have won like i nailed it it's like oh well you also hit the rams be like yep just I, I had the crystal ball like i saw it coming but it's okay like and same thing with you if you told me okay like the the cowboys don't cover like, like forget even lose for a second just the cowboys don't cover i really like the over in the game because i just felt like if, if like all right they don't cover it must have been like the seattle game where it was like you know, a close one possession game and okay maybe maybe they don't cover but like it's 38 35 or 41 38 and it's a crazy back and forth game and they end up they end up winning and like the game goes over and it goes over in the the stupidest weirdest type of game you can imagine where the packers are just avalanching them for the entire first half i mean the pick six by savage is the worst play by far probably where it's and the telecast was like hyper focused on the prescott lamb thing which maybe we could talk about at some point where i, I feel like they were trying to make something out of like a shot of two people talking all the time or maybe, like, well, or maybe they this. knew something right yeah. like or maybe they knew something and they were just like line report and how it's, come it's, no sideline report? It's a it? it's a great question because it's almost like right. Burkhardt and, and like I don't know Greg Olson like I know Kevin Burkhardt like a little bit. This thing they were it, trying to be like it's, detectives. It was really it's weird. almost it was almost like they knew something that the the audience didn't know, right. and they kept alluding to it to be like let's leave some crumbs and hopefully people can figure out what we're trying to say. But they never came out and said exactly what it was. Like it it felt like they knew that there was something going on, and then they just like kept beating around the bush and wouldn't say exactly what it was yeah. for whatever the reason is it's like like oh here's Dak talking on the side like, like oh talking to him on the side yeah, like you mean how like how every quarterback talks to his number one receiver on the side what are you talking about or just say it <laughs> like i just it was it was actually a real i i kind of think that telecast was really bad in general in a lot of ways it got off to a bizarre start i don't know if we should get into the telecast right off the bat but like the production of it was brutal in the first 15 minutes. They had like six graphic mistakes. They were like changing stuff on the screen that didn't need to be changed. The whole thing was weird. Just really, really weird. And then they spend the first two possessions just like like trying to Sherlock Holmes this Dax CD Lamb thing. Like it's about to like turn into the biggest story of the weekend. And then nothing nothing comes out afterwards. If, if for all intents and purposes, I think they like saw something that wasn't there. That's like actually what I think happened. Because otherwise we would know by now. It would have been like it would have been much more heavily discussed. So I just the whole thing was just weird and it actually played into it because it was a really weird game. Uh I, I would not have imagined it would have been whatever, twenty seven nothing, whatever the score was before the Cowboys scored, um, to end the half and yeah, like hit the over, but I didn't see the game playing out that way. Now, the, the thing is, when the Packers get up a lot, the game's going to fly over the total because the Cowboys are going to score. Like, that's going to happen. So you felt really good, even though, you know, you were only halfway toward the total with two minutes to go in the first half. You knew it was going to hit because the Cowboys are going to be in hurry up with this pass offense the whole way. Dak threw for 400. Was it going to go? Yeah. And it's not like the Packers were going to just stop scoring completely. The Cowboys had shown no ability to stop them on any drive in the game up to that point. So it was great that it hit. It was great, like, to see the bet win, but just... I mean, I couldn't have imagined it would have played out in that way. It's one of those classic, like, you make the bet and it wins. And it was like, oh, yay over. And be like, I mean, yeah, yay over. But like, geez, what was what was that game? <laughs> like, that was, that was not uh, my most likely result, I would say, of what I thought was going to happen yesterday. Now, to be fair, you asked the question last week, like, what do you think Dallas's floor is for points scored? Sure. And we, we both arrived at 27. They did score 32. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, like, I, and like, pack. I did a bunch of interviews. And I just go, 
I don't like the Packers in the game very much, but the Packers in the over has to be correlated because Dallas is never going to just brick the game on offense the whole game. And it's true. They, I mean, they had the worst half of match. They still landed like whatever, 28, whatever, how many points they ended up with in the game. So I, I think I was right. But then again, I'm just like, I didn't see that at all. I mean, just, yeah, really, I, I don't know if it's like the most surprising result I've ever seen, but it's up there. Yeah, sure. Seven point dog wins outright against the team that people thought could win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, a prominent offshore Ken has Bill Belichick minus 175 to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys if and when Mike McCarthy is fired. Uh, on the other side, we'll talk more about Green Bay's stunning upset in Dallas, and we'll talk about the Lions' close win against the Rams. Second and two here, though. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off, and no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Burn on Fox, Mike Tirico on NBC. The calls are two of the most high leverage plays in yesterday's games. The Darnell Savage pick six before halftime to put the Packers up 27 nothing. And the, uh, the, the the game-winning conversion on second down after the two-minute warning from Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, a lot of credit to Dan Campbell and offensive coordinator Ben Johnson for not running on second down, for calling and that Goff. play. And, and, and Goff for making the throw. And, and it did kind of feel like McVay, and obviously McVay's like timeout usage is always horrendous. It's kind of like always mm-hmm. been his deal. But it kind of felt like McVay was putting all his eggs in the... I don't think Goff can make this throw when it comes down to it, like, to win the game. Sure. And and Goff did make the throw, to be fair, to Amon Ross St. Brown to win the game. And look, like, Goff probably got outplayed by Stafford. There's nothing wrong with that. Stafford's, like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I think you can also say that Jared Goff played well enough to win yesterday's game, and the Lions did win. First playoff win in over 30 years for Detroit, and they will host a game in Divisional Weekend next week and obviously be favored against either the Philadelphia Eagles or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Next segment on the show, 20 minutes from now, we'll give you all our bets, side total and props for the Bills and the Steelers. Kick off there from snowy western New York, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll roll through the spreads uh, next weekend, divisional round. Great guests going to join us. Power hour, final hour, all our bets for tonight, including the Bucks and the Eagles. But we continue to dissect, Ken, the result yesterday with the Packers and the Cowboys. We'll get to the Lions and the Rams coming up in a moment. Anything else betting-wise here from Green Bay taking down Dallas? We can get into some actual, like, football-y conversations uh, before we move on to the Lions and the Rams. Yeah, just uh, one other thing that stands out, I think, is this trend coming into the weekend of the first-time starter and uh, and first-time starter struggling in their first start in the playoffs. And we were going to have four quarterbacks that fit that description. And I think this is, it's like another example of, I think it's really valuable to know stuff like that, to know that first-time starters have played poorly, to know how to kind of cross-section them. We're like, well, actually, that exact type of starter, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, the type of starter like Mason Rudolph in an hour tends to get avalanched in the games that they play. But like, it's not apples to apples across the board. Like, look at the four quarterbacks that are making first-time starts and how different they are, right? Like, Stroud is a rookie and maybe about to become like one of the faces of the league in the next five to eight years. Uh, Tua has been sort of like a great statistical quarterback for a couple of years in a great offense 
was playing in negative 30 degree weather. And then you have Love yesterday sat behind a quarterback for a long time and was in a game with like a really high total against a defense that I think we had questions about. And then Rudolph, who I think is clearly in, well, I guess Tua was in a really bad situation too, but like Rudolph's really up against it here because now the, the weather isn't going to be perfect, but it's going to at least be football. And uh, and the Bills are really, really tough at home. And I think it's really unlikely that they win that game. They can win, just it's really unlikely. And so it's like, well, do we, would we ever put all four of these under the same umbrella normally and just blind bet oppo all four? Like, I like to know this stuff, but also I think what we saw is with Stroud, especially on Saturday, and with Love yesterday, just something that works in the playoffs. And I think people have heard me talk about this a lot before when you're looking at teams that can make a deep run. We talked about this with the Rams, to be fair. Uh, teams that can make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, every team that's won the Super Bowl historically with basically no, no uh, outlier can you generate explosive pass plays down the field with consistency? And is that like one of the strengths of your team is the ability to do that. And the reason why first time starters probably don't play very well normally is they probably suck at that normally. They're probably not very good at generating explosive pass plays down the field because they're either really young or they're an injury replacement or they're whatever. So it's not a strength, but with Stroud and Love, who were both making their first time playoff starts, pretty obvious that's a big strength for both of those teams the texans offense is able to create that's their best thing they're actually bad at everything else and they're really good at that at generating explosive pass plays down the field and then what you've seen from the packers offense like stroud it was kind of the whole year you saw it from them it was so consistent as long as he played they were able to do it with jordan love it's been much more recent get the get some of the receivers back healthy more familiarity with the offense the last six seven weeks one of the best passing attacks in the entire league and that came through yesterday too so these two quarterbacks and i think it'll be interesting when we talk about both of their next opponents both very very likely one we know and one we don't yet but both very likely to go to the one seeds in those games i think a lot of people will look at those two games and be like how like not you know Niners going to be about 10 raven's going to be a huge number against houston oh like maybe they'll be competitive it is just worth noting, like, the quarterback of the dog in both those games has a propensity to do the thing that generally predicts playoff success, which is generating explosive pass plays down the field, and especially in the Houston-Baltimore case, is going against a team that, like, does do that, and they're really good at it, but you're just, like, I think a little skeptical that it's consistent and that it can happen all the time and that the quarterback can do it in a big spot with Baltimore. So I think it actually it takes two games that are blowouts on paper, and it at least makes them a little interesting, like these first-time playoff starting quarterbacks, but they're so much more than that. They're so much different. And their offense is like, you want to know how those upsets happen? Can you create explosive pass plays down the field? Rams almost had one yesterday doing the same thing. And do you have like a mentally weak team on the other side? And that's not sure. even a necess- that's not really, really a shot at the Cleveland Browns. So I think just kind of got like well, that's why you win by a billion. That's how you win by a billion. Not even win the game. That's how you win by <laughs> seven touchdowns or whatever it ended up being. But you know, I uh, I I kind of like stole something that you said. Um, I think you said it last week on the show, and I and I said it on Twitter yesterday. And you're 100 percent right about it. That um, and especially given the results of this weekend, uh, it was the last game on Saturday, and then the first game on Sunday. The the Dolphins and the Cowboys really turned out to be like the Spider-Man meme in each conference kind of pointing at each other. Now, like Miami loses in week 18 and doesn't win the division. Dallas wins in week 18 to win their division. Dallas gets the two as a result. Miami drops down to the six. So not exactly the same, like not totally apples to apples, but it did kind of feel like you were like you were watching the Miami Dolphins again. And I, and I said this uh, on social media, at least the Dolphins kind of had the excuse of, hey, it's minus 500 degrees outside, and we just would really like to like go inside and be warm. 
They had a lot of, and, yeah. and and a lot of injuries too. Like what's what's the Cowboys' excuse? What yeah. what's Dallas's excuse? Uh, other than they're like we're not prepared to play, and the coach is going to get fired. And I it I, I I'm reticent to kind of say things like this because things can always turn around. People said Peyton Manning could never win, and then he won. People have said that about lots of quarterbacks in the past, and then they sure. win. Kind of feels like Dak Prescott's never going to win, right? And this is not me saying he's never going to win. Um, I think I'd probably bet against it, though, and I think I'll get the opportunity to do it in the future. Just kind of felt like that was a, it's as bad as it gets, really. It really is as bad as it gets, and surprising a result. We do Lions-Rams in a second, but just like a, a Cowboys postmortem heading into next year where, like, let's let's say Belichick's the coach. Going to have a high win total, team's going to be really good, and like, kind of like, then what happens? It's going to be the same quarterback next year just with a different head coach, and then how do you feel about them? So a lot can, I, I think, to be determined and figured out with the Cowboys heading into next year. Yeah, I mean, if if and when they fire McCarthy and hire Belichick, like, we'll have more of that conversation. Cause or Vrabel or whomever. More, there's a lot more attached to that, because, like, then you need a new play caller, too. Like, who's your offensive coordinator? And then you figure, like, Belichick and his son probably coordinate the defense instead of Quinn. Like, that would probably be the idea. But then you need, who's your offensive guy? Like, McCarthy was the play caller this year. That Kellen Moore's in, with the char- was, was Matt with Patricia the getting fired? Well, we have a, we have a chance, by the way. If we <laughs> want to, if we want to do Lions, if we want to do Lions, uh, Lions Rams, we had a chance at the Matt Patricia revenge game next week. <laughs> if the Eagles win and go to Detroit, Matt Patricia Here- stick it to them for yes. ruining their franchise for three years. Here, 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 here's my prediction for how that will go. Uh, maybe the Eagles win the game, but it will not be because sure. Matt Patricia's defense slows down the Lions' offense. That would be my guess as to how it would go. You would certainly figure with AJ Brown back to uh, the total in that game, like almost can't be high enough with the Lions and the Eagles if the if the Eagles get by Tampa tonight, which is a big if because uh, they're really beat up right now. Yeah, I just it, the Cowboys thing, the post mortem that you mentioned when they hire a coach, like I think it's an awesome conversation. They'll have a high win total. Uh, yeah, in the playoffs, you know, it'll just be when we get to the playoffs next year, and they're you know they're probably gonna have a big record again. They have so many players. Uh, Trevon Diggs will obviously be back next year too from his injury. Like, do you? You know, they're going to be favored home, maybe against somebody. Would you bet them if you knew it was Belichick instead? Is it a problem with the quarterback? What What is it? We don't really know the answer to that, but it's kind of interesting to think about what you do with Dallas going forward. And then I'll just, I'll throw this in too, uh, with Miami losing and Dallas losing and Cleveland losing, the sort of hierarchy of teams that we did entering the playoffs in terms of like who makes the most sense to win the Super Bowl, it didn't get a lot clearer, I'll say. I would say like the middle, the teams that I was really kind of not big on, a lot of them are out. <laughs> like if there's a lot clearer, there's like a top tier where it's like these are the teams I think are going to win and then there's everybody else. That's like kind of what it feels like right now where like San Francisco didn't play this weekend. They're obviously at the top. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City in that next year both you know, one has survived already. The other's a 10-point favorite in an hour. They're on a collision course in the divisional round where one one will advance and you figure San Francisco is very likely to win two. And then, I, you know, I, I nothing has changed. Baltimore didn't play. I think I'm going to be against them, at least as a winner. It doesn't mean they can't win a couple games. And then you have, I think, this massive gap and then and then everybody else. And it's, you know, but that, I'll just, and I'll, and I'll add another thing because I said this last week too. That doesn't mean we can't have a surprise conference champion championship game participant i think there's actually a really strong possibility that things get really crazy on and maybe it's on both sides but we'll kind of see how it goes just with the quality of the quarterbacking of these of these like outright upsets that happened 
it does feel like there can be some consistency week to week with this happening. Like it isn't the first time the Packers had explosive pass plays this season. It's been happening for seven weeks. It isn't the first time Stroud did this. So it can happen again next week and you could get something kind of wacky. I played around with some of the bracket stuff just to be like, and we're one upset away from just to give you an example, we're like one upset away from the lions hosting the Packers with a trip to the super bowl on the line, which is pretty crazy. Um, you know, what would that kind spread of be? In their way. Well, if the Packers beat the Niners to get to the game, like Lions three, Lions three, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, if it was Lions three, I, I mean, Green Bay, Li- like three. yeah, Lions, yeah. Lions less than three. You're hundred percent right. And so, which would be pretty nuts. And then I think Baltimore is going to beat Houston. I think it's just by how much. I think Stroud will give a good accounting of himself. But you know, like you can play around with some with some matchups there too, where it's like. Are Stroud and Love just playing at such a high level, right? And I, it's not, it's not about being prisoner of the moment because if the moment's been two months for these guys, it's not about being prisoner of the moment. Love's are been the best actually, quarterback in the league over the last nine games. Stroud maybe was the best quarterback in the league this year. He just missed games. Is it? Are they really so good so early that they can actually make a Super Bowl, make a conference championship game, and and cause things to get really crazy? It's. I didn't think this would be the subplot of the playoffs. It's quickly becoming that, and I think it makes this playoff so much more interesting. I, and like having this conversation candidly makes me really mad that I didn't bet the Texans or the Packers this weekend. Just like what? What the hell well, the am Texans I thinking? Both both those teams are exploded. Flack. I mean, you said Love was the best quarterback the last two months. Great. Then Flacco was second. I mean, it's not. It's there's. It's not like the Browns were playing like the Tennessee Titans run heavy offense or something. Like there was the thing was both teams had a propensity to do the thing that we like the most in the playoffs. This was like Lions Rams last night. Both teams really good at it, and just the spread was three, and I liked the Rams a little more. I didn't even know if they were going to win. I just liked the three, and what did that prove to be prescient? Um, so I, I don't. I don't blame anybody for betting Cleveland in the game. Both both teams had that exact strength. It was just. Stroud in that game specifically, like Stroud made the throws and Flacco didn't. He threw two pick sixes. Ah, uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe Dallas minus seven wasn't wasn't my most inspired work. But what can you do? What can you do? The over, I think. Yeah, I think it was just it was. I didn't. Now I, wish, I, will... I wish I parlayed the Packers in the over, but just plus the points not to win the game, just because like there was a strong correlation there. Dallas was always going to get to the finish line with some amount of points that was pretty good. Um, that's like a missed opportunity probably, but uh, I had the teaser leg and it was like kind of weird to do that parlay too. And I ended up having to root for Dallas to win. And that lasted all of about 45 minutes. And I, uh, I did end up betting the overall. So, which, which turned, which turned out well, but obviously could have sure. been better. You know, if I, well, if I, if I didn't bet Dallas. Well, I went out for the over in the other game too, by the way. <sighs> I mean, just 38 that, points at halftime and the game goes under. 38 at halftime total closes 53, something like that. And, and you're, it's funny because, like, I guess it's a bad beat because you were just, you were in such good shape at halftime. Second half total in the game was 27. So the market projected it to go way over the total by two touchdowns. And it was funny, like, it was a bad beat, I guess. And yet, like, at no point during the second half was I like, well, this is going to fly over the total. Like, this is just the style of game that ended up happening in the second half. Both teams making good adjustments. Stafford clearly playing with multiple injuries the entire game. Um, just turned into a different kind of game. And credit to the, the Rams' defense, too. Got absolutely mauled in the first, like, quarter, two quarters of the game and ended up, like, making a couple really big plays. And you feel like, and, like, compare and contrast, like, what happened with Dan Quinn's defense versus what Raheem Morris was able to do? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel oh, like, I, I feel like, 
I feel like what we saw this weekend, like with Slowick and like Ben Johnson was going to get a job anyway. I feel like maybe solidified some guys who are going to be head coaches next year in the uh, in the in the National Football League. Uh, see, it's the Dallas game super annoying. Um, credit to Matt Lafleur by the way, winning the opening toss and and receiving, knowing that Dallas was a front running team, go up seven nothing, take the crowd out of the game completely, and then just kind of not that that's the sole yeah. reason they won. The Cowboys but, uh, their pants. Yeah, I mean, I just it's just, really. I'm sure they might have even said that exact term. Like, honestly, like that's, it made perfect sense. And I'm never a pro receive the, like, who would ever be pro receiving the, the, the kickoff. And yet like they did it. And then they got the absolute perfect first drive to set up the whole game. Yeah, it's, it's, a ter- it's a terrible, terrible game from Dallas Cowboys quarterback to Atunga-Vailoa. He was brutal. <laughs> On the other side, we'll talk about the Lions and the Rams, an instant classic in the wild card rounds. And we'll give you our best bets for the Bills and the Steelers at 430. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. second half but this will be one of the most memorable nights in Detroit football for that 89 year old and the 62,000 others here one more knee and business is done and Detroit for the first time in 32 years your Lions have won a playoff game have at it Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The great Mike Tirico with the call last night. I think we were talking off air, just uh, just in defense of Mike Tirico, who I think got the math wrong at the end of the game last night with maybe thinking like the Lions had to run another play or whatever. So uh, they come out of the two-minute warning. Goff completes the pass to Amon Ross St. Brown. Rams call their their final timeout, you know, because McVay wasted them on like to prevent delay of games early in the yes. third quarter, as is yes, his wants, which that's is kind of like, yeah, right. listen, it's like... It's like uh, you know, like like Kane, like the wrestler Kane. His gimmick is when he comes out, he puts his arms down and, and fire shoots up in the air. That's his gimmick. Like Doink the Clown would like, like sneak out from under the ring and like uh, interfere in matches and spray water in people's faces. Sean McVay's gimmick is to waste timeouts er- early in the first and second half of must-win games and then not have them at the very end. Like, and people people are surprised by this. It's like, oh, what's the what's the line that that Tiger did something like a Tiger thing? I can't believe that oh, happened. The, that the uh, Tiger the acted Chris, like a Tiger. It's the Chris Rock thing when Siegfried and Roy had the tiger and it bit one of them. And he goes, <laughs> right. that, tig- that, that tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. That tiger That's went tiger. Sean McVay went yeah. Sean McVay. Like it happens all the time. People are surprised yeah. that this happened. He went so, McVay. The, yeah. uh, I think my, fa- my favorite team is Buck and Aikman. I just love like their camaraderie and like their, their kind of like their rapport is so good. Tonight. Talk about yeah. making a game watchable. Sheesh. Yeah. They're, they're great. Uh, I I absolutely love them. I I think Tariko is the best play by play guy. Just like pure play by play. If I could have one guy, I think that it would be Tariko. Games too. He did two and he games. was stellar he at both. Of, and, and, and people are giving and they're so giving awesome. him crap. Like really? I don't know. Yeah. I I I I think he. Well, that's, that's social media. Like someone a telecast does something dumb. 
even if it's somebody that's like normally really good. Like the reason why the Fox telecast was so jarring yesterday for Cowboys is that like that's been a good group all year. Burkhart, Olsen, Aaron Andrews, and Rinaldi, the production truck. Like that's America's game of the week on Fox. Like they do a good job. And and it just you're watching the game just like that. It feels like a preseason game with the mistakes that they're making in this game. It's just really it was really uh, just peculiar. That's all. It, it was it was it was like Geraldo Rivera trying to figure out where like Jimmy Hoffa's buried. It's like this this C, this CD Lamb Dak Prescott. Gotta keep our eye on that it's guys. Like, Make a note. Yeah, right. Well, also, notes, it's like okay. it's like it's yeah. like okay. Like if this were like week two, that would be really interesting. Also, the Cowboys are getting their asses kicked. Their season's over, and the Packers, like the Packers, are the story in the game. And also, like just on a football-related note, Packers did all of that without basically with Christian Watson barely participating in the game. And you would think he was active yesterday, had one catch for nine yards. You know. The the Alexander one is like Watson's gonna play next week, so it's yeah. gonna be a short week for the Packers, and Alexander may yep. not play. Like they might be up against it in a big way going up against the San Francisco 49ers. We'll give you our bets for the Bills and the Steelers coming up here in a couple minutes, but let's spend a couple minutes here, Ken, for now, on the Lions and the Rams. Uh an absolute instant classic on Wild Card Weekend. Detroit squeaking out a 24-23 win. Shout out to us betting the Rams to cover the spread. That was really great. And uh just an absolutely magnificent football game. Game. Stafford, great. Goff, great. Crowd, great. Broadcast, great. I don't know what more you can ask for as a football fan. Uh, and we won our bet on the game, which was absolutely magnificent. Just really, really, really good stuff. And the Lions get to host another playoff game now coming up next week. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing... I mean, just to spin it forward or from a betting standpoint, like from a betting standpoint, I don't think there actually is a lot to say about yesterday's game. It was just... It was awesome. It was a great game. Really enjoyed watching it. Lions win, Rams cover, game goes under. Okay, like... Uh, all, honestly like a type of game i think a lot of people expected a lot of people thought both offenses would play pretty well they didn't in the second half so much a big story of the game is obviously the rams in the red zone were not particularly good and like that inability to get like the the really the dagger touchdown to like really make you feel like they could win the game and uh just couldn't quite get that play everybody on the rams getting hurt basically at some point during the game and being i mean the medical tent had basically like a line outside of it uh like people just taking numbers and, and they were all star players teams. Like it was, yeah, it was like exactly. Stafford, Puka, and Kyron Williams. Like, and, and by yes. the way, like, like, like Matthew Stafford got concussed, and like I don't whatever. I'm just like, yeah. th- some of these hits were brutal. Also, also the hit he got, he got concussed on was like out of any given Sunday. I mean, it was really like a bizarre. Like he gets sacked, and no roughing and the, the passer. Defensive lineman like knees his head into the ground, almost as like it was, a, it was, nobody's it, business. Yeah. It was like a WWE tag. It was like a tag team finisher in professional wrestling. Yeah, no flag, no worries, all good, no I problem. Just, yeah, and then and then obviously like the. I mean, people can say, like, well, Goff made the throw that won the game. Great, like, Stafford did too. They just pulled Nakua's jersey and they didn't call it. So that was how the Rams had to punt on that play. So it's any time. Look, this is officials are officials. Anytime you have a one-point game or a one-possession game, there are going to be a couple plays or a couple no calls that are going to swing the game. We've seen that 500 times. And it was just another. And they had the offside call in the first half where, like, where, like, the Rams jumped like five times and they called it on Detroit. So look, like, the the, officiating is not the reason the Rams lost. The officiating was brutal on both sides. It just, uh, you know, you felt for Stafford a little bit, like the basically the throw that because if they if they if he completes that throw to Nakua, they can almost run the clock down to zero, kick a field goal, win the game. Like that's how important that throw is. Um, it would they wouldn't have been able to kick at zero. They would have needed a really specific like run, run, and then convert again to get all the clock out. But like that's almost where that was headed. And then that's Goff trailing with the ball, and that's literally all that happened. And he need Meyer to Maher to make the kick too. To be fair, so it just you know one two plays end up deciding a great game. I don't think a huge betting thing going forward. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we change like our perception. Uh, first of all, I don't think we should change our perception of almost any team off of one game. But in the Lions' case, like, 
are you doing anything different with with Detroit going forward? The biggest thing for them is what happened in the other game that the Cowboys lose, so they get to host the game. And I know a lot of people tweeted this: the idea that the Campbell going for it, you know, uh, against the Cowboys, basically the, the Lions Cowboys game where the officiating ended up disrupting everything, ended up getting kind of undisrupted because the Cowboys lost and the Lions won. So the Lions will get to host the second playoff game. This was obviously the big fallout from the game a few weeks ago that they wouldn't host the second game. They have to go to Dallas. Well, now they don't have to go to Dallas. Dallas is eliminated. So at least that kind of like cleaned itself up in a way where like the Lions get to host a game and they get to host a game. They're going to be favored to win, which means like the most likely outcome right now is the Lions are in the NFC Championship game going to San Francisco. That is by far the most likely way that this plays out based on the fact the Eagles haven't won their game yet. Uh, maybe, maybe it's good that that happened to the Lions and they didn't have to face Green Bay yesterday with that with how well the Packers played against the Cowboys. Maybe they have to face uh, Green Bay at, in, a, in a week, which would be really... I don't think I don't think they're going to win, just to be fair, and they're in a terrible setup. But uh, the way Stroud and Love play... When you just think about the game, and we'll do the picks in a second, the way those two, and I don't, I never do that, like these, you know, whatever, like I'm not prisoner of the moment. You just watch Stroud and Jordan Love play and you just go, they really got no shot in their games. They really got no, he loves converting third and 19s, like buying time. How many times does he do the back foot toss up throw? And it's perfect every time. It's always good. And it, he always throws and I go, oh, that doesn't like, oh, first down. Okay, and to be fair, the receivers are running wide open against the Cowboys. I, I was, defense, I was like, just, yeah. I was just going to say that it helps Ken when the when when right. the, when Dan Quinn is called the defensive play to not cover sure. Romeo Dobbs or Luke Musgrave. That definitely yeah. helps. Uh, maybe he just didn't have enough guys to cover everybody. It's like, well, we got to let a couple of them run free. Uh, yeah, just but just the way they make a lot of those throws, the way they convert third and longs, the, honestly, the way they bail the rest of their teams out of a lot of bad situations. Can't do that again. I don't think so. But it's fun to have. I think more of like a puncher's chance with the two dogs in the divisional games against the one seeds. Then sometimes we get these one seed games and it's just like, no, they're just not going to win. Like they're just not going to win. And that's what it is. And we're on to next week. I mean, how many times the Patriots play in games like that? With I was Tom just Reed, thinking like the divisional like round, the Tebow like, game, divisional round against Matt Schaub, divisional round against yeah. Tim Tebow. Like, I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, walkover games. These are not walkover games. So at least we got that going for it. How about about two respected defensive coordinators, Dan Quinn and Jim Schwartz, get put in clown suits by Matt LaFleur, LaFleur Bobby Slowick, Jordan Love, and C.J. Stroud. Open receivers everywhere yesterday for the Green Bay Packers. All right, we'll give you a little bit more. Wrap up from Super Wild Card Saturday and Sunday as we move along. Eric Eager will join us coming up next hour. We'll Brinson next hour. Uh, and the game will kick off in Western New York with the Bills and the Steelers, which means now let's give you our bets for Buffalo and Pittsburgh here. On a magnificent football Monday, Jake. Let's play the Mario music here for some uh, for some wild card bets here on this Monday. Oh, baby! On a Monday, <laughs> gotta love yeah, it. There are a couple key inactives here uh, for Buffalo. Gabe Davis is inactive. Safety Tyler Ra uh, Taylor Rapp, excuse me. Tyrell Dodson is out. Rasul Douglas is out for Buffalo. So Buffalo is a little bit injured on the defensive side of the ball. For Pittsburgh, the big one here, obviously, Ken, is TJ Watt out for the Steelers today. Uh, side and total market currently at our show sponsor, BetMGM. The Buffalo, a 10-point home favor. Total here is now up to 39, where it looks like the wind's going to be okay. It's just going to be cold and maybe some snow showers, but it looks like this is going to be an actual football game going to be played. Uh, probably some bad news then for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, side and total bets, please. Any Anything you got here for Buffalo and Pittsburgh? Yeah, look, I mean, this market hasn't changed the whole day. It basically hasn't changed from when the weather game was going to be a weather game. So I don't think there's anything crazy going on here. Um, 
I just want to be against Mason Rudolph for a little bit. So this isn't as big as like the two bets yesterday where I feel like all week I was like, oh, I love, I love the Rams. I love the over in the Packers game. Uh, I'm going to bet the Bills for a little bit and I'm going to parlay the Bills in the over uh, for a little bit. And uh, and I think there's a chance they run up the score on Mason Rudolph. I don't, I don't think it has to play out that way. Buffalo can be dumb. They can turn it over. But Bills for a little bit, Bills in the over for a little bit. And uh, maybe we'll see at halftime. Maybe we'll make some live bets during the week. I agree 100%. I bet some nine and a half yesterday. Um, also would lay 10 here with Buffalo. Uh, I like your thought on the over as well. So I'll join you here and I'll do a, and I'll do that same parlay that you've got in solidarity. And also because I think Buffalo might score a lot of points in this game against the Steelers defense without TJ Watt. We don't have to do the prop king music here. We'll do it later in the show for the Eagles and the Buccaneers, but I'll give out a couple props. And one of them I gave out on the show yesterday. And I do think that Gabe Davis's injury for Buffalo kind of creates some potential fun bets to be placed, maybe some valuable ones, particularly in the anytime touchdown market. But um, first, as far as yardage props goes, where without Gabe Davis, you know, who, besides for Stephon Diggs, like who do we think is going to step up and have a big game in Buffalo's receiving core? I like Khalil Shakir, and I liked Khalil Shakir for a couple of weeks now, where running a lot out of the slot, I, he's just running at a different speed right now, and I trust him more than I trust Kincaid, more than I trust Dawson Knox, any of these other ancillary pass catchers for Buffalo. So I gave this out yesterday. We'll give it out again. Khalil Shakir, over 34.5 receiving yards. And with Davis out, I think it enables us to throw a couple darts in the anytime touchdown market at some of these Buffalo receivers. Let's play a guy who scored last week for the Bills. Now, it was off of the, the ball that bounced off of an offensive lineman's helmet, and he caught it in the back of the end zone. It's at a huge price, though. Trent Sherfield for a couple bucks, beer or pizza money, anytime touchdown. And I believe that Leonard Fournette is active here for the Bills. He's not listed as inactive here, but we'll confirm that during the break. It's either Leonard Fournette or Ty Johnson, the Buffalo Bills running back that's active at the longest odds to score a touchdown. I don't know if the Bills trust James Cook down by the goal line. Fournette is my preferred choice, anytime touchdown. Hour one done, hour two for you. Coming up on the other side, we'll be on stadium, and we'll kick off the stadium two hours with Eric Eager from Sumer Sports.